0: between a rock and a hard place? more over that sheep than over the 99 that did not go astray. Welcome to Save the Lost at All Costs. Posted by Save the Lost at All Costs, Inc. Featuring your sister in Christ and humble servant of the Lord, Nina S. Griffin. Good afternoon. You're listening to Sister Nina S. Griffin, and we're on Save the Lost at All Costs. We're going to open up the phone lines right away if you're local and you'd like to join in On our discussion today, you will dial 702-650-5588. Again, if you have a praise report, a prayer request, like to make a comment, like to join in our discussion, please dial 702-650-5588 if you're local. We also have a toll-free number for you if you're calling out of state. And that toll-free number would be 800-366-8883. Again, if you're calling outside the Las Vegas area, please dial 800-366-8883. We are being streamed live in real time over KKVV's website. And their website address is www.kkvv.com. Hello, God bless. I just waved to you. We're also being streamed in real time from Save the Lost at All Costs' website. And our web address is www.savethelostlv.org. If you have missed any of our previous broadcasts, we just completed a four-part series called Double Vision. Uh, please go to our website. Select um, the uh, radio broadcast archives and just click onto it. Uh, it's gospel is always free on our watch. There are many other discussions and topics up there. We uh, upload every week. So again, the gospel is free on our watch. That address, again, for our website is www.savethelosslv.org. If you have a Apple device, we are also being archived for free on iTunes. So catch us on iTunes as well. If you have a cell number, and most of us do, I strongly encourage you to put KKVV as one of your phone contacts. This is a way that you can listen to the radio ministry over your cell phone. Most people have unlimited uh, talk and text, so it should be Relatively um, free or inexpensive, but definitely worth it if you have to pay for it. That phone number would be 563-999-3194. Again, please save it as one of your contacts. You can listen to Save the Lost at All Costs right now. And that number to put in your cell phone and to call to listen in on KKVV anytime you like, that would be 563-999-3194. Alright, so now that we've gotten that out the way, let's get into our discussion today. Uh, the title of our discussion is Books of the Bible. We're going to be talking about Books of the Bible. A lot of times when you get into Bible study, um, they're already working on a series. They're already working on a topic and some of us have not had the foundation laid in quite a long time or some of us have never had the foundation laid when you actually go to school, usually in a public school environment, in the second grade, you will learn grammar, and basically you will learn the rules of grammar for the English language. You'll know what nouns and verbs, adjectives, um, you know, subjects, predicates, how to use um, commas uh, in a sentence, apostrophes, uh, synonyms, compound. Uh, verbs, things of that nature. usually get that in the second grade. Well, okay, if you only receive it in the second grade, that lays that down. And, you know, I'm learning today, and I haven't been in the second grade in a minute. I think uh, I was in the second grade, I want to say, in 1967. So you do the math. Uh, you need to have the foundation laid. So I want to be able to uh, present this to you. I hope that it's a blessing. I hope it's a review for some. But if it's not, you're going to get a great preview. And again, you can listen to it over and over again. So again, today our topic is the books of the Bible. Now I told you that I was going to do a Greek word every week for the year of 2018. And I am on to my next Greek word. And that word would be graphé. Again, graphé. And it's spelled G-R-A-P-H-E. And there's a hyphen over the E, again, G-R-A-P-H-E, with a hyphen over the E. And it is in Strong's, and it would be G-1124. Again, Strong's is 1124. Now, this word appears in the New Testament 51 times, and it always refers to the Holy Scriptures. And by definition, it means a writing, passage of Scripture, the Scriptures. But please keep in mind, it is the Holy Scriptures. And you're only going to find the Holy Scriptures where? In the Holy Bible. So let's go to some scripture and then we're going to get into the books of the Bible because I think it's important that we establish what the Word of God says here and then uh, get to it. So, and also you need to understand about Holy Scriptures. They are the inspired and errant and inerrant means without error. So again, the inspired and errant writings of the Bible. That would consist of 66 books of scripture. That would be 32 9 in Hebrew, which would be considered the Old Testament, and 27 in Greek, which would be the New Testament. So, for a total of 66. So, I am going to go to 2 Timothy, and I want to look at chapter 3, and we are going to look at verses 16 and possibly 17, but let's get to verse 16. And I'm in the New King James Version. Again, I'm in 2 Timothy chapter 3, and I want to look at verses 16 and 17. And the Word of God says this, verse 16, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Verse 17, that the man of God may be complete Thoroughly equipped for every good work. Wow. That's a lot. What a mission. What an objective. And the thing is that this will be accomplished. And that's how you have to know that it's different from any other book or anything that you've ever read or will read in your life. Because you have to measure that that you're reading, that that you're studying. Will it do this? It's task, condition, and standard. If you perform this task at this standard and under this condition, will it give you this output? That's the way you look at it. Task, condition, and standard. If you perform this task under this condition, And at this standard, will it give you the output that is necessary? So let's read verse 16 and 17 again with that in mind. And the word of God says this again. I'm in second Timothy chapter three, verse 16. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness Verse 17, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. That goes for women too. Okay? Whether you're a man or a woman, that is going to work for you. And that is the standard that you should measure anything that you're reading. And you will see that there's nothing that it can even compare to what God's scriptures can do and will do. Now we're going to go to 2nd Peter. And we're going to look at chapter 3 verse 16. And the word of God says this. 2nd Peter chapter 3 verse 16. As also in all his epistles, speaking in them of these things in which are some things hard to understand, which untaught and unstable people twist to their own destruction, as do also the rest of the scriptures. Now, that might be a little bit weighty and meaty. And let's see what my study Bible says. Now, it says this. By the time of Peter's writings, Paul's letters already had a widespread reputation. Notice that Peter spoke of Paul's letters as if they were on a level with the rest of the scriptures. Already, the early church was thinking of Paul's letters as inspired by God, which they were, because they cannot be in the Bible Unless they are inspired by God. And we see that with Second Timothy chapter 3. When we read verses uh, 16. And then finished up what the product would produce in a man or a woman. In verse 17. So now let's get to the books of the Bible. We're going to go over the Old Testament first. And then we're going to go over the New Testament. So the Old Testament. The books are. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, 1 Samuel, 2 Samuel, 1 Kings, 2 Kings, 1 Chronicles, 2 Chronicles, Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther, Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, Daniel, Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Michael, Nahum, Habakkukah, Habakkuk, excuse me, Zephaniah, Haggai, Zechariah, Malachi, New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, 1 Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians, 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, Titus, Philemon, Hebrews, James, 1 Peter, 2 Peter, 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, Jude, Revelation. So those are the books of the Bible. We did the Old Testament and we did the New Testament. Now, let's do a little background here. We cannot begin a study of the divisions of the books of the Bible without first clarifying the term canon. The canon scripture Excuse me, the canon of scripture refers to the list of books that are officially accepted as divinely inspired and thus rightfully belonging in the Bible. Now, I just mentioned all the books that you will find in the Bible separated by Old Testament and New Testament. Again, it cannot be a part of the Holy Bible if it is not divinely inspired So these books that I read off to you, 66 in total, are officially accepted as divinely inspired, and therefore they rightfully belong in the Bible. Only the canonical books are considered the authoritative word of God. Again, we've already talked about what canon is. And the canon refers to the scripture refer to the list of books that are officially accepted as divinely inspired. I'll say it again, only the canonical books are considered the authoritative word of God. The process of determining the biblical canon was begun by Jewish scholars and rabbis and later finalized by the early Christian church towards the end of the 4th century. More than 40 authors in three languages, that would be Hebrew, that would be Greek, and Aramaic, during a period of 1,500 years contributed to the books and letters which make up the biblical canon of Scripture. Again, we talked about 66 books of the Bible. The Bible is divided into two sections, the Old Testament and the New Testament. Testament refers to a covenant between God and His people. Again, covenant refers to, excuse me, testament refers to a covenant between God and His people. Again, you have the Old Testament and the New Testament. So that's a covenant between God and His people. Jews and Protestant Christians recognize 39 inspired books of the Old Testament. Protestant Christians recognize twenty-seven inspired books of the New Testament. Roman Catholic and a few Orthodox translations contain an additional book, recognize a portion of the Apocrypha. Now, you may have heard of the word Apocrypha. You may not. So let me spell that for you: Apocrypha. It's spelled A P O C. R Y P H A. Let me spell it again. A P O C R Y P H A. Now that word means hidden or secret. So both Jews and early church fathers agreed on thirty-nine divinely inspired books as compromising excuse me, comprising the Old Testament canon of Scripture. Let me say that again. Both Jews and the early churches' fathers agreed on 39 divinely inspired books as comprising the Old Testament canon of Scripture. Augustine 400 A.D., however, included the books of the Apocrypha. A large portion of the Apocrypha was officially recognized by the Roman Catholic Church as part of the biblical canon at the Council of Trent in A.D., 1546. Today, Coptic, Greek, and Russian Orthodox churches also accept these books as divinely inspired by God. The word Apocrypha, again, means hidden or secret. The books of the Apocrypha are not considered authoritative in Judaism and Protestant Christian churches. Again, they are not considered authoritative in Judaism and Protestant Christian churches. So... The Holy Bible, you will not see the Apocrypha because I told you it had to be officially accepted as divinely inspired. And if it is, it is rightfully belonging into the Bible. Old Testament books of the Bible. I read them to you. The 39 books of the Old Testament were written over a period of approximately a 1,000 years, beginning with Moses around 1450 B.C., until the time when the Jewish people returned to Judah from exile, 538 to 400 B.C., during the Persian Empire. The English Bible follows the order of the Greek translation of the Old Testament, and the Greek translation of the Old Testament is called the Septuagint, and that's spelled S E P T U A G I N T. Again, that's spelled S E P T U A G I N T and the Septuagint. Okay? So and thus differs in order from the Hebrew Bible. For the sake of this study, we will consider the divisions of Greek and English Bibles only. Many English Bible readers may not realize that the books are ordered and grouped according to style or type of writing and not chronologically. All right. So the Bible that we're studying, again, is grouped by style or type of writing and is not chronological. Now, the next thing we have is the Pentateuch. And that word is spelled P-E-N-T-A-T-E-U-C-H. Again, Pentateuch is spelled P-E-N-T-A-T-E-U-C-H. The Pentateuch, written more than 3,000 years ago, is the first five books of the Bible. And they are called the Pentateuch. The word Pentateuch means five vessels, five containers, or a 5 volume book. For the most part, both Jewish and Christian traditions credit Moses with primary authorship of the Pentateuch. These five books form the theological foundation of the Bible. And they would be Genesis, then Exodus, then Leviticus, then Numbers, and finally Deuteronomy. Those are the first five books of the Bible. Again, they are referred to as the Pentateuch. The historical books of the Bible, the next division of the Old Testament, contain the historical books. These 12 books record the events of Israel's history, beginning with the book of Joshua and the nation's entry into the promised land until the time of its return from exile some a 1,000 years later. As we read these pages of the Bible, we relive incredible stories, and meet fascinating leaders, prophets, heroes, and villains. So those books are Joshua, Judges, Ruth, 1 Samuel, and 2 Samuel, 1 Kings and 2 Kings, 1 Chronicles and 2 Chronicles, Ezra, Nehemiah, and Esther. The Poetry and Wisdom Books of the Bible the writing of the poetry and wisdom books spanned from the time of Abraham through the end of the Old Testament. Possibly the oldest of the books is Job, is of an unknown authorship. The Psalms have many different writers, King David being the most notable and others remaining anonymous. Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, the Song of Songs are primarily attributed to Solomon. Also referred to as wisdom literature. These books deal precisely with our human struggles and real life experiences. And those books would be Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and the Song of Songs or the Songs of Solomon. The prophetic books of the Bible. There have been prophets throughout every era of of God's relationship with mankind. But the books of the prophets address the classical period of prophecy during the later years of the divided kingdom of Judah and Israel throughout the time of exile and into the years of Israel's return from exile. The prophetic books were written from the days of Elijah. 874 853 B.C. until the time of Malachi, which is about 400 B.C. There are further divided by major and minor prophets. I'm going to give you the major prophets first. The major prophets. Isaiah. Jeremiah. Lamentations. Scholarship favors Jeremiah as the author of Lamentations, the book's A a poetic work is placed here with the major prophets in English Bibles because of its authorship. The next one would be Ezekiel. Next is Daniel. In English and Greek Bible translations, Daniel is considered one of the major prophets. However, in the Hebrew canon, it is part of the writings. Minor prophet. Hosea. Joel. Amos. Obadiah, Jonah, Michael, excuse me, Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, Haggai, Zechariah, Malachi. New Testament books of the Bible. For Christians, the New Testament is the fulfillment and culmination of the Old Testament. What the prophets of old longed to see Jesus Christ fulfilled as Israel's Messiah and the Savior of the world. The New Testament tells the story of Christ's coming to earth as a man. His life and ministry. His mission, message and miracles. His death, burial and resurrection. And the promise of his return. The Gospels. The four gospels recount the story of Jesus Christ, each book giving us a unique perspective on his life. They were written between AD 55 to 65, with the exception of John's gospel, which was written around AD 85 to 95. And the four gospels are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The book of Acts. The book of Acts, written by Luke, provided a detailed eyewitness account of the birth and growth of the early church and the spread of the gospel immediately after the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It is considered a New Testament history book about the early church. The book of Acts supplies a bridge connecting the life and ministry of Jesus to the life of the church and the witness of the earliest believers. The work also constructs a link between the Gospels and the Epistles. The Epistles The Epistles are letters written to the fledging churches as individual believers in the earliest days of Christianity. The Apostle Paul wrote the first 13 of these letters, each addressing a specific situation or problem. Paul's writings constitute about one-fourth of the entire New Testament. The Epistles of Paul, Romans, 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, 1 Thessalonians and 2 Thessalonians, First and Second Timothy, Titus, and Philemon. Now, if we look at Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, those are considered prison epistles. Paul was in prison at the time that he wrote those. Also, Philemon is considered a prison epistle. Now, First and Second Timothy, as well as Titus, are considered pastoral epistles. So those give instructions to those who are considered pastors and deacons. And presbytos uh, is another word for pastor. You'll also see the word bishop. That's also another word for pastor. The book of Revelation. The final book of the Bible Is the book of Revelation. Oh, excuse me. I need to get to the general epistles. Thank you for pointing that out to me, Holy Spirit. So we talked about the epistles of Paul. Now the general epistles. Those would be Hebrews, James, 1st and 2nd Peter, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, and Jude. Now we're ready for the book of Revelation. The final book of the Bible is the book of Revelation. It's sometimes called the Revelation of Jesus Christ or the Revelation to John. The author is John, the son of Zebedee, who also wrote the Gospel of John. He penned this dramatic book while living in exile on the island of Patmos around A.D. 95-96. At the time, the early Christian church in Asia faced an intense period of persecution. The book of Revelation contains symbolism and imagery that challenged the imagination and bewildered the understanding. It is believed to be a culmination of end-time prophecies. The interpretation of the book has posed a problem for Bible students and scholars throughout the ages. Although a difficult and strange book, no doubt, the book of Revelation is certainly worthy of study. The Hope-Filled Message of Salvation in Jesus Christ the promise of blessing for his followers and God's ultimate victory and supreme power and the prevailing themes of the book. So I think it's important that we lay that out because when you're actually studying the Bible, the books of the Bible, you need to know its purpose, how it's laid out, and it's just a great foundation, and I thought it was worthy that um, we uh, revisit that today in our topic, the books of the Bible. Now, um, there's a few other things I'd like to uh, go over. Now, Jesus and his disciples, um, we will find that in the New Testament, primarily spoke Aramaic. And Aramaic is spelled A-R-A-M-I-C. And um, it refers to Jewish, Palestinian, and Aramaic. Okay? The common language of Judea at the time in the first century. Most likely with uh, Galilean dialect, which is different from the dialect that uh, the people spoke in Jerusalem. And that would be the towns around uh, the Sea of Galilee, which uh, Jesus was from, which would be Nazareth and Capernaum. If you will remember, they say Jesus of Nazareth. Capernaum is where the Sea of Galilee is, and that's where Jesus um, you know, reached out to his first disciples and were watching them. That would be Peter and his brother and um, the sons of Zebedee. So that dialect was different from those that were in Jerusalem. So, like I said, it was Galilean. And if you will recall, when Jesus had been seized and they were taking him to a trial that was unjust, with trumped up charges after he had been seized in the Garden of um, Gethsemane, there was a girl that pointed out that Peter... Was one of the ones that were with Jesus. Because she understood. His dialect. Not to be that from. Jerusalem. So. Peter you know dismissed her. And then shortly after that. Is when the prophecy. Came through true. In reference to that. um The cock. Would crow three times. And. Huh. <laughs> It was uh, definitely to make Peter aware that he had denied Christ. So that's how that is uh, very relevant to what we're talking about in having a different dialect and having it very identifiable. It's like, um, to give you the same, uh, uh, an example, in. in with a similar context, would be people from the South sometimes have a twang or Southern drawl, and it's very different from people who uh, are grow up on the West Coast. Uh, They don't have that. So it would be the difference sometimes by the way a person speaks. You can uh, pretty much know where their roots are. Or where they were raised. You know it's always excellent to ask. But we're just trying to show something similar. So we believe. Um, also that Jesus knew enough. Of a Greek to converse with. Um, those who are not native to Palestine. And the state of Palestine. Refers to modern day. Which is the West Bank. And the Gaza Strip. And For. To give you uh, an understanding of where that would be, the city of Bethlehem is actually uh, in the West Bank. It's considered um, a Palestine. So that's an occupied area. So when you go to the Holy Land and you want to go visit Bethlehem, it's occupied, which means that um, it's surrounded by barbed wire. You know, you can get in there to see it. But it's, uh, it's heavily uh, fortified. But praise God, uh, you can see it. Uh, I saw it in 2015. And if you haven't gone to the Holy Land, I really encourage you. Matter of fact, I went February of 2015. Look at God. Amen. I'm hoping to go back soon and I really encourage you to go. So I hope that I have really, um, you know, helped you a lot and laying down the foundation of the books of the Bible. You know, it's very, very important that we understand how they're laid out. But what's more important is that there are a lot of times people will tell you, you know, they're lost books of the Bible. Uh, they're not lost. They are just not uh, divinely inspired because they cannot be a part of the Holy Bible and officially accept it as one of the canons unless it's divinely inspired. Divinely inspired by who? God. When we looked at first Timothy, excuse me, Second Timothy chapter three, and we looked at verses sixteen and seventeen, it tells you that. When we look at Second Peter uh, chapter three, verse sixteen, it tells you that. I mean it's very important that we understand that. This is not up for debate. You have to understand that there are things that God wants you to focus on and God needs you to concentrate on. I'm not saying that you shouldn't uh review some things, but that's not where the focus should be. The focus should be on what is God breathed. You want that that is what he says. It's his word. So I'm sure he knows what we should be studying. And a lot of times, people want to go off on their own. Or they find somebody and they kind of like what they're talking about. Don't let it distract you. You cannot be distracted. There's no time for distraction. It's time for us to be 100% focused on the Word of God. Because it is designed To prepare us to have our eternal blessing. You know, salvation is real. Jesus did a mighty work. And if we are going to reap the benefits, if we're going to receive our inheritance. Then we must get God's divinely inspired word down into us. We must be able to articulate it. We must be able to follow it. We must be able to spend time with it. And we don't have time to waste on other things. This has eternal consequences. This is about our soul prospering. And our soul cannot prosper as it was designed to do if we spend a lot of times being confused and arguing about things that do not matter. God is very clear in his instruction. He's God for a reason. He's a creator for a reason. And when we come into a relationship with him, then we need to be concerned about what he's concerned about. There are all different types of directions that you can get. Directions differ from Instructions Instructions with God are His commands. A command is not to be debated. A command is to be executed. And you execute it unto death. We have a caller. We're going to take the call and then we'll get right back to our lesson today, which are books of the Bible. Hello, you're on Save the Loss at All Costs, and God bless you.
1: Minister Nina. Hey. Terry.
0: Hey, Pastor. How are you, man of God?
1: Good. I know everybody's watching the Super Bowl, but I just wanted to call in and just commend you on such a worthy topic. And early when you were talking about the pastoral epistles and what they provide for the reader you were talking about uh, the the term for the pastors of course we know that the term uh, episcopos is what the bishop represents but it just means overseer for individuals who think that bishop means that there's a higher uh, position i know that there are in denominations times where the term bishop is used to designate a higher standard but It just means overseer. And then when you are reading in Titus, you see the term elders, and then the word is presbyteros, which just means overseer as well. I'm saying this because the fact that you would bring this information to the show and share it with the listeners is important because there are individuals out here parading themselves around as ministers, and they don't even believe or acknowledge or respect the divinity and the deity of Christ. And and it's ridiculous. People need to understand that the Bible is, like you were saying earlier, God breathed, a theonoustache which is what Paul is talking about in 2 Timothy 3.16 when he says all scriptures given by inspiration. Well, inspiration is theonustas, which means God breathed. If you have an NIV, it say that. It's important for people to understand that because as you pointed out earlier about the books that they call the lost books, What if they were lost, we wouldn't know anything about them. The deal is is that people are too caught up in tradition and many of the uh, denominations functioning out here now are more influenced by tradition than they are Scripture. We got a lot of people who have come up with a lot of bright ideas, and they want to try and push that, and they want to push it from uh, a divine position, uh, let me say, from the pulpit. But it's not legit. And that's why we got a bunch of folk out here who are confused and who can't get on an even keel, who can't overcome challenges because they're not being fed the inspired word of God. And I thank God that you are the type of student and teacher that you are because you dig it out. You dig out all the necessary things that an individual needs to study, uh, research to seek and search until they get a definitive answer. And I just want to commend you on that and encourage you to continue doing what you're doing because somebody out there really need to hear the messages you're bringing forth well, because they are in a position where they're being taught stuff that don't even line up with the Word of God. So... Congratulations to you for doing such a great job.
0: I appreciate that, Pastor. And you know that uh you've helped me tremendously by being a, a great pastor. And more so than that, just a faithful student of the Word of God. And it's very important that um, we decrease so that he can in- increase. But I would be remiss if I didn't have you go to the book of Revelation. And if you could go to chapter 22... And read verses uh, eighteen and nineteen for us, please.
1: Well, you know what, uh, Minister Nuna, I don't have my Bible right here, and I'd have to go and get a Bible. I understand. And I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to waste any time on this program because whatever you have to share with the people, I want you to be able to get that out, and I don't want to delay that. But I do know it talks about. What is written, not to add to it or take away from it, and then it tells us the penalty for doing it. If you add to the words or take away from the words, it says that all the curses of that that con, that's contained in that Bible mm-hmm. will be added to you.
0: You're, you're absolutely right, so... and,
1: and and people need to. People need to start taking the word of God serious.
0: I don't I don't know, I don't know any other book that comes with that uh warning. You know how cigarettes have a warning, say it may yeah. do something. Well yeah. if you do something, this will happen.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: All right. Well I love you and thank you for calling in. God bless you. God bless you more. Thank you for waiting. You're on Save the Lost at all costs. God bless you. God bless you back,
2: my sister. This is season.
0: Hey, hey, how you doing, Minister?
2: Wonderful, wonderful. What, or
0: do you have your sword there? <laughs> of course, of All course. right, so uh, I have my sword too, but I, I'd like uh, the uh, listening audience to participate if they can, God willing. So we're in the book of Revelation,
1: and right. if you could go
0: to verses 18 and 19, that would bless us tremendously. Revelation 18.
2: Okay, I'm in a New King James Version
0: of the Bible. Okay. So we're in Revelation 22, verses
2: 18 and 19, please. 22, 18 and 19. Okay. Verse number 18. For I testify to everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book. If anyone add to these things, God will add to him the plagues that sort are of written in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part from the book of life, from the holy city and from the things which are written in this book.
0: And the book of life they're referring to, woman of God, is the Lamb's book of life. And that's the book that we have to be in by name to be able to receive our inheritance and live eternally with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Because if you're not in the Lamb's book of life, then you do not have eternal life.
2: Amen. Uh Actually, uh, actually, I wanted to Also call in and uh, make a comment about the scripture that you had read earlier in 2 Timothy chapter 3. Okay. You started at verse 16, but I want to go up one verse, 15. Of course. Where it says, And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation, faith which is in Christ Jesus and I wanted to piggyback on what the pastor said in reference to the importance of these particular three verses where it talks about the scriptures being given and that the man of God or the woman God may be perfect thoroughly furnished unto all good works and that reading the scriptures, the Old and the New Testament, really the entire book from generations to Revelation, it is a benefit to us, not necessarily a benefit to God. We worship God because we read and meditate and pray the Word of God, but reading and meditating and praying the Word of God that's where we get the profitability, that's where we get to understand the doctrine, that's where we are reproved, that's where we get our corrections and that's where we get our instructions. So yes I wanted to add that in and I wanted to also add that um even though that there are many religions and that there are many other religions who say that their book is a holy book, the Christian Bible is the only Bible where we have a true and a living God. Amen. And I I wanted to add that. And one more thing I wanted to add was that in the book of Psalms, um, that particular book talks about, God's Word as being a law, testimonies, ways, precepts, statutes, commandments, judges, judgments, and His word. And so the Bible consists of reasonable answers from the very God of our universe. And if you read the word, ponder and study, it has the power, to transform and renew our mind. so And it also counsels us, and it transforms our behavior. So I wanted to add that.
0: (laughs) I I received that, and I'd like to tell you what uh, my study Bible says in reference to 2 Timothy 3.15, and I think this is going to bless you tremendously. You know, we talked a little bit earlier, and you'll catch this in your spirit. Since Timothy was one of the first second generation Christians, he became a Christian not because an evangelist preached a powerful sermon, but because his mother and grandmother had taught him the Holy Scriptures when he was a small child. And um, a parent's work is vitally important at home and in church We should realize that teaching small children is both an opportunity and a responsibility. Jesus wanted little children to come to him. Like Timothy's mother and grandmother, Eunice and Lois, do your part in leading children to Christ.
2: Hallelujah. And a brief personal testimony is that I was given a Bible when I was about 23, 24 years old, and I read that Bible all the time for about 10 years, and it wasn't until I guess about the 10th or the 11th year that the power of God, the Spirit of God began to reveal itself, and I began to hear the voice of God asking me and inviting me and asking me to open up the doors of my heart. So the scriptures it says in verse fifteen that it would lead us into salvation. Amen. So for ten years, I I didn't necessarily study, but I read the Bible all the time. And at the appointed time, the Spirit of God began to save me and bring me into uh, sanctification a progressive sanctification process and as I received him as my Lord and Savior he began to teach me his laws, his precepts. So this is a very important lesson today I believe in helping the audience understand the Bible the importance of the Bible and the books of the Bible and even though you didn't break them down, but, you know, we have some, like you said, are epistles. Some are history books. Some are prophetic books. And some are prayers, psalms, and hymn books. So, yes, I wanted to add that.
0: <laughs> well, I appreciate that. For the sake of time, um, you know, we wanted to give you a general overview. But there's always next week. And we can actually start breaking um, you know the books down I think it's important where we give people you know an overview you know more thoroughly for a particular chapter like Genesis you know we know that um, that deals with the creation that deals with the fall of man so there's some themes in there that we definitely uh would like to highlight as the Lord leads us but I think it's important like I said to um, make sure that we lay the foundation because I have found a lot of times, uh, woman of God, attending Bible study, um, you just walk into a particular fellowship, uh, study, a worship environment, and they already have started the lesson. They have already uh, selected a theme. And so you may not be able to get the whole foundation, and a lot of people walk away. Uh, confused, they feel that it is too is too heavy. They somehow uh, don't have the right stuff in order to uh, get it. But I would tell them, you do have the right stuff because you didn't become a living soul until God breathed you and you were made in His image. So uh, it's you are quite capable, very capable. But we need to get with uh, the instructors and teachers who have a desire. And time to notice that there's someone who is struggling a little bit. That's when our discernment comes in. That's when the fruits of the spirit will be evident and we will be able to uh, go to that individual and help them and bring them, you know, closer in to us. It's very important and I appreciate that God has gifted you to be an instructor and you know exactly what I'm talking about. Correct? (laughs) Hallelujah. Amen. So uh, I'd like you to stay on the line with me. Uh, I want to do a salvation prayer for those who find themselves at the point. And I'd like you just to believe this with me. God, I recognize that I have not lived my life for you up until now. I have been living for myself, and that is wrong. I need you in my life. I want you in my life. I acknowledge the completed work of your son Jesus Christ is giving his life. For me on the cross at Calvary, I long to receive the forgiveness you have made freely available to me through this sacrifice. Come into my life now, Lord. Take up residence in my heart and be my king, my Lord, my Savior. From this day forward, I will no longer be controlled by sin or the desire to please myself, but I will follow you all the days of my life. Those days are in your hands. I ask this in Jesus' Presses and holy name. Amen. If you said that, if you believe that, welcome to the family and God bless. We love you. Save the lost at all costs. Amen. And don't forget to save the lost at all costs, no matter what. Why don't you blush?